Manx Radio Sport. Almost three minutes after five o'clock. Welcome along to Saturday Sport Classified. And uh, let's start, first of all, with the classified results from today, Saturday the 2nd of March, and beginning with football in the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Uh, several games off due to uh, waterlogged pitches. The first of those, St George's against St Mary's, as was Braddon against Ayr. Uh, result, though, was Laxey nil, St John's 4. Another postponed game, Ramsey against Russian. Union Mills against Peel was also a late postponement due to an unsuitable pitch. And Moran against Douglas Royal also postponed due to waterlogged pitches. Uh, DPS Limited Division 2, Castletown 3, Governors Athletic 3. Onkin against Foxdale was postponed, as was Maloo against Ramsey Youth Centre Old Boys. Douglas and District 4, Jims 0. Paul Rose 1, Douglas High School Old Boys 13. Moving on to Canada Life Combination 1, Air 10, Braddon 1. St John's Laxey was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Russian nil, Ramsey 1, although that match was abandoned uh, with the score of 1-0 to Ramsey. Uh, Peel 1, Union Mills 1 and Douglas Royal Moran. I'm still awaiting a result on that and looking at... Ten- Good on Tony. Just we'll, we'll come to this one. <laughs> two one, uh, two nil to Moran. <laughs> two nil to Moran. Uh, DPS Limited combination two uh, postponement. Michael against Douglas Athletic. Governors Athletic against Castletown also postponed. As was Foxdale against Onken. Uh, we did get a result in the north of the island. Ramsey Youth Centre fourteen. Malou one and uh, one further postponement. And uh, that was Jim's against Douglas and District due to a waterlogged pitch. Moving on to rugby regional two Northwest Bowden. 29 Douglas 8 and in the women's NC1 North West Vagas Ladies 24 Didsbury 60 turning our attention to hockey in the men's cup Vikings A3 Castletown A1 Valkyres A3 Backers A5 in the ladies cup Valkyres A2 Castletown A4 Backers A2, Vikings A2, with Backers winning 3-2 on Flicks. In the men's plate, Castletown B4, Vikings C1, and Vikings B3, Ramsey A0. In the ladies' plate, Backers B1, Vikings B1, with Vikings B winning 2-1 on Flicks. Castletown C1, Valkyres B6, and in the ladies' bowl, Castletown D6, Valkyres C0, Ramsey B3, Valkyres C0, and men's division 2, Valkyres C3, Backers D3, are awaiting a couple of results in the under-15s league. One we have just got in, though, uh, Backers 4, Ramsey Rogues and Rascals nil. Uh, we'll get a full rundown on those with Ben a little bit later on in the programme. Also hoping uh, Rob Pritchard will be joining us from the bowl for a preview of this evening's FC Isle of Man game, of course. Full commentary of that coming here just after 6 o'clock on Manx Radio. Uh, Tony Meppen, we'll come back to you, though, now and uh, look at football. Obviously, a day that's uh, been marred with postponements really across the board. It's not been uh, ideal weather across the island over the last few days or so. Uh, so lots of postponements in Canada Life Men's Premier League. But we'll start off with uh, Laxey Nil St John's 4, one of the games that we did get away today. Yeah, that's a big result, uh, that one, uh, Simon, to be honest with you, because uh, when you look at the league tables, Laxey is sitting in uh, third place uh, 
up until uh, lunchtime, played 19 for 34 points. So uh, if there was any problems for Peel or Air United, they could have possibly moved up. Uh, but uh, Sir John's, who uh, played a couple of games uh, less, only played uh, 16 then uh, with uh, 18 points. It's near enough double the value that Laxey have got. But uh, today it was down to Luke Murray. Absolutely tremendous performance by him one of his goals was uh, from the penalty spot it was Kieran Brock who got the first and then a hat-trick for uh, Luke uh, Murray two goals in the uh, first half 44th minute he got his second one and then a goal in that uh, second period and that's a terrific result for St John's congratulations to them and I'm pretty certain Johnny Palmer absolutely disappointed with the way that's gone today and uh, that was the only game played in the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Of course, that late postponement of Union Mills Peel. And in terms of the table, I'm guessing with so many games off today, not not seeing a lot of movement in the, in the Canada Life Premier League. No, it isn't. And uh, let's just uh, let you know what happened at Union Mills and Peel. Basically what it was, uh, I think Peel were changed and on the pitch. Uh, but uh, the referee inspected the pitch and there was just one section that was uh, dangerous. And I've spoke to Dan Bell from uh, Peel and he agreed that, um, you know, the pitch was... Uh, sort of not playable but uh, they had the other pitch there alongside them that hasn't been played on for 12 weeks I don't think it was marked but you know we'll have a look at that but the referee passed that one fit <laughs> but if the markings aren't um, right then um, you couldn't play the game so unfortunately this one here will probably uh, be uh, rearranged OK, moving on to uh, DPS Limited Division 2. A few more games uh, in this division. Uh, Castletown 3, Governors Athletic 3. Sounds like a good game. Yeah, that's a terrific result as well when you look at the league tables for uh, Castletown. Uh, top of the table and you've got Governors Athletic who are next to the bottom and uh, Governors Athletic have got a big uh, sort of semi-final coming up on the 23rd of March. So they're looking forward to that one. Haven't got Governors uh, goal scorers, but what's more interesting in this, Simon, is that uh, Nathan Cardi got two goals for Castletown. Alex Crawley got one. But Governor's Athletic were down to eight players uh, in the last uh, sort of 20 minutes. So I don't know what went on. Injuries, sending offs, I haven't got a clue. Uh, but to hang on uh, to that 3-3 uh, draw, absolutely incredible. So well done uh, to uh, Governor's Athletic. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Castletown, that could prove costly at the end of the season. OK, uh, D&D 4, Jim's nil. Yeah, good uh, game this for uh, Douglas and District because uh, they had a lot of uh, changes. Paul Gavin uh, with his uh, first goal of the season. Well done, Paul. Daniel Kinley, the same. His first goal of the season. Sam Tipper got the third and Dan Robinson uh, got the fourth. So uh, good performance there for D&D. And uh, Paul Rose won Douglas High School All Boys, uh, 13 of the high scoring game involving All Boys. That's right, and uh, I covered this game, and uh, after two minutes, uh, All Boys uh, took the lead, a good goal by uh, Jacob Stones, and I just thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. But then Paul Rose, with probably the goal of the game, to be fair, uh, Brian Lowther from 45 yards out, just absolutely unleashed one, uh, went over the uh, goalkeeper, Alex uh, Mazotta. He stood no chance and 1-1 uh, one, one it was. But then they had to wait 10 minutes for their second goal and that was Douglas High School All Boys. Jacob Stone got that one. And then Craig Stewart, five minutes later, made it 3-1. Then Lee Gartland started. Uh, his was a clever chip over the top of the goalkeeper, 4-1. Craig Stewart made it 5. Lee Gartland made it 6. And uh, it just went on and on. Total uh, tally up was uh, Jacob Stone, I think it was, with five. Uh, Lee Gartland got three. Craig Stewart uh, got three, maybe four. And Blaine Slattery got one. So a tremendous uh, scoreline for old boys. And they go into the uh, Cup game next week in the FA Cup 
uh, with that confidence booster without playing against St Mary's. And again, looking obviously a couple of games off in Division 2, uh, a couple of the, the moves and shakes involved in the top as well there. So I'm guessing, again, movement-wise in the table, not going to see a full picture till you get those rearranged fixtures played. Yeah, it is. But I think you're going to look at that, certainly from Castletown, and look at the league table and say now it reads uh, 16 games played for 39 points. Then you look behind them, it's Foxdale have played 13 for 35. So I think that's a little bit advantage to Foxdale. And these teams play two games less because there's a team less in the league. They only play 22. So uh, it's getting very tight and Michael have just sort of loitering behind them and uh, Onken to see if they can get involved in that promotion battle as well. OK, Canada Life Combination 1, uh, Air 10, Braddon 1. I was following this on uh, social media. Seemed a bit of a flurry of goals towards the end for Air. Yeah, I think Air had a few uh, players available to play for their uh, combination today, so that's why it went that way. I know Chris Duggan uh, bagged a few goals. Uh, if you could text us through, please, 166-177. We'll give the Air scorers uh, a mention. Thanks to uh, Braddon. Nick Harvey it was who uh, got the goal in that one. Wasn't the result that they wanted because um, also special mention for Braddon. It's their centenary dinner tonight. I don't know when the official date is but I'm pretty certain that the boys will be licking their wounds. Uh, but you know any football club Simon that reaches 100 years mm. is a magnificent achievement to keep it going and when you look back at the the uh, old uh, records of where Braddon were absolutely brilliant and they're back in the top flight now struggling at the moment a little bit but congratulations to everyone involved who's played a part in getting them to the whole year well done well not the result they'd have wanted today but hopefully they can no, enjoy it definitely a good night. <laughs> yeah, hopefully <laughs> uh, Russian Ramsey it was 1-0 to Ramsey we understand that match was uh, was abandoned in the second half I believe yeah I believe uh, it's accidental um, Tony Harris the goalkeeper for uh, Russian uh, got an elbow and uh, it looked as if it was concussion uh, so the referee uh, Peter Greenhold decided that uh, the game uh, should be abandoned uh, Ramsey were 1-0 up at that stage Anthony Bale uh, got the game um, where does this go? It goes to league management but it's pretty well the same scenario as we were in last week and you know which way the result goes we'll let the committee decide it but you know, it's near enough like for like, so uh, I think they have a rough idea where this is going to go, but the committee will sit on it, take all the details on board. They treat it one by one as things happen like that, but the most important thing is that uh, Tony's OK, and I'm, I'm sure he'll be OK. And uh, Peel won, Union Mills won, Mills won the up at half-time, and it took a late goal from Peel to get back into this. Yeah, it did. Christian Rowe got the goal for Union Mills to make it 1-0. 1-0 it was at half-time, uh, but uh, Peel... We're uh, lucky, like Reese Oates uh, started a sub last week, so it meant he could play for the combination today, and he did. And uh, he scored on the 87th minute, an absolute header. So uh, well done, Reese, belting header. And uh, points shared. Union Mills had to be disappointed with that because, you know, when you look at the combination, one uh, league tables at the top of the table with that Russian Ramsey result, and also uh, Union Mills dropping points, it's starting to give you a clearer picture. OK, and uh, I didn't have a pen to hand, Tony, when you gave me this yep. result, even though I read it out, so I didn't get a chance to write it down. Douglas Royal, Moran? Yeah, Douglas Royal, nil, Moran, two. Haven't got any uh, goal scorers through for it, but Moran led at half-time, 1-0, 2-0 at the end. And uh, moving on to uh, Combi 2, just the uh, one game as well due to uh, the uh, pitch inspections earlier today. Three, uh, four, sorry, four of the games in Combi 2 off. Uh, the one result we did get, a uh, Rams Youth Centre, Old Boys 14, Malou 1. It was 9-1 at half-time. Yeah, haven't got any scorers for either team. So if you could text us through, please, so uh, we can give the boys a mention. Uh, but uh, that's a cracker result for Rams Youth Centre. And you can see when you look at their position in combination 2, 
it was going to be a big uh, game for them and uh, they've done it today, 14-1. I've got the youthy scorers here, if you yeah, want to get right them mentioned. Yeah, Jamie Brew got six, uh, Martin Tor got two, Martin Murphy got two, Evan Johnson got two, uh, Carl Anthony and Harry Corkish, I believe that adds up to 14. There you go. There we go, all well the scorers there. Uh, so some uh, you know, re- rearranging of fixtures to do. You'll be busy on the calendar, will you, Tony? Look at these and where we can slot these in now. Yeah, there's um, some rearranged uh, fixtures. Possibly we might be able to get on that. We lost later on today because the fixtures were out this morning. Um, so we'll have a little look. Um, night games will start probably uh, second week in April, you know, when the clocks uh, sort of change. We've got that extra hour of light, but they're building up now big time. And, uh, you know, the weather just seems to continue, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. With uh, all these games getting uh, called off. We've got cup semi-finals in there, cup quarter-finals next week. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some dry weather would be nice, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to get some good luck now. All right, Tony, thank you very much. Uh, you're not on FC Isle of Manji tonight, are you? Sam Palmer up there with uh, Rob this evening. No, I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, Braddon's Centenary Dinner. Looking forward to it uh, and representing the Isle of Man FA. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of old pictures, a lot of old players there who probably played when I did, and a lot of memories as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. All right, Tony, thank you very much. Manx Radio Sport. Just gone quarter past five, then turning our attention to uh, rugby. Two games played today, and uh, say good evening to uh, Dave Christian. Yeah, good evening, Simon. Uh, we'll start with the... Uh... Men's in uh, Regional 2 Northwest. Douglas away at Bowden. Uh, Bowden were in third place going into this one. We thought Douglas might have had an outside chance uh, in the reverse fixture. Douglas were leading 26 23 with four minutes to play, and uh, Bowden stole it with a very late try, 130 26 in the end. Uh, the away game always going to be a bit tougher, though, and Douglas had their injury problems recently, too. A uh, few changes needed to the team sheet, and it was no great surprise to find that they lost. 29-8 away at Bowdoin this afternoon. Uh, the win takes Bowdoin up to second place in the standings. Uh, Douglas remain in eighth, but they do have a rearranged fixture next week against Kirby Lonsdale at Portishee. Kirby Lonsdale down in 11th place in the standings, and Douglas will fancy their chances at home. And uh, a home win with that game in hand will take them up into seventh place. Uh, they'll just overtake Whitchurch, who are ahead of them in the table, and uh, close in a little bit on Vale of Loon, who are the next target. Uh, Douglas looking like they're going to be comfortable for a mid-table finish anyway, so no dramas with the relegation uh, being brought into the equation in the late stages. Uh, this afternoon, Simon Hockenot, prop forward, probably the fittest prop forward in the world. He's in training for the London Marathon at the moment. Uh, Cy went over for a try for Douglas, also a penalty from Luke Highland, but... Uh, no points for them today. Uh, you get a bonus point if you score four tries or more or finish within seven of your opponents. Uh, so nothing for Douglas on the road this afternoon. Uh, they'll need to lick their wounds and get up and ready for Kirby Lonsdale next Saturday at Portishee. In women's NT1 Northwest, the game we covered for Saturday Live uh, was Vagabonds against Didsbury Tock H. Uh, Didsbury from Manchester. Tock H is uh, apparently an old technical college. And uh, that was uh, where the, the club got its name from. I'm not certain whether they still get a feed of players from that. But uh, Didsbury were over. Uh, Vagabonds lost 29-5, I think it was, away at Didsbury earlier in the season. They had some high hopes, but it wasn't to be. Um, I'm going to call it a much cliched game of two halves. 
Uh, Didsbury led 36-0 half-time, uh, which gave Vagabonds a bit of a mountain to climb. The second half, though, uh, finished 24-all. So Didsbury won overall 60 points to 24, but the second half, much better performance from Vagabonds. Coach Jack Kane obviously uh, read the riot act to the girls at half-time, and a couple of key substitutions as well helped Vaggers out. Uh, the star of the show, however, was Didsbury's fullback, Laura Richards. Uh, Laura is uh, a Great Britain tag rugby player. Uh, she was at the World Championships, I think, in Argentina uh, earlier, or oh, no, later last year, and uh, obviously a talented player. Uh, she scored five tries on her own, kicked a conversion as well, and uh, she was at the heart of everything Didsbury did that was good. Uh, she made at least two tries for others as well. So uh, Laura Richards, the star this afternoon. Uh, also for Didsbury, Robin McLaren, halftime replacement, came on. She picked up a hat-trick in the second half. And there were scores from Rowena Stennett and Antonia Missouri as well. But 36-0 uh, at half-time, uh, Vaggers didn't really have anywhere to go. And it wasn't really that they played badly. Uh, Didsbury had a lot of pace out wide. If they shuffled the ball out wide, Vaggers were struggling in those channels and uh, couldn't really get to the fence uh, out where it needed to be. Uh, got loads of opportunities for tries, but in that first half, passes weren't going to hand. Uh, players would be getting isolated with the ball and turned over. And all in all, it uh, wasn't particularly good to watch, particularly if you're a Vagabond supporter. Second half, though, much, much better. A little bit of confidence came into the team. And uh, I think the, uh, the veteran Fran Hunt came on. She played at scrum half and then later at centre. And Fran seemed to settle everybody down a bit. Uh, she knows exactly what she's doing. Great ball carrier as well. And it was no surprise to see the performance lift when she got onto the field. Uh, there were two tries for Fran this afternoon. Uh, the last one securing Vagabond's first point of the season. Uh, the bonus point coming for four or more tries. And that was in the 73rd minute, so right near the end, uh, when Vagas finally got over the try line for the fourth time. There were also two tries from number eight, Malin Campbell, who gets more impressive every time we see her play. Uh, she's really big in the tackle. Uh, absolutely two massive hits in the first five minutes. Uh, from Malin Campbell, but uh, she's also good to carry the ball. She was at number eight today, uh, launched from the base of the scrum for one try. Uh, the other try came from the base of a rook in open play, uh, but uh, there's no stopping her from uh, a short distance. And uh, her father, Ben, was down watching as well. He was a prop forward at Douglas. So uh, congratulations to Malin Campbell. Great performance from her this afternoon. And also to the veteran, Fran Hunt, with two tries. Uh, Sophie Henry converted two there this afternoon as well. But uh, for Vagabonds, it wasn't their day. All that damage done in the first half just couldn't overhaul it. Uh, next week, uh, Vagabonds, I think, have got a week off. Uh, Douglas, we know, have a rearranged fixture in uh, Regional 2 Northwest. Uh, Vagabonds of a week off, they're back in action. No, no, they tell a lie. They are back in action next week. Now I've got the fixture list open. Uh, they have a home fixture against Chester Divas next Saturday. And uh, a week later, they also have a home fixture against Eccles on what will be a massive day at Portishee. Three games down there. Vagabonds men play Ashton on the line in counties four, ADM, Lancashire and Cheshire. Ashton on the line, the league leaders. Vagabonds in third, still with a sniff of promotion. We then have uh, Vagabonds Ladies against Eccles, 
And uh, finally, we have the little matter of the Cheshire Flight Final between Ramsey and Western Vikings. It's all that action at Bella Fletcher on Saturday the 16th. Get that date in the diary and get up there if you want to get a car parking space because they'll be at a premium on that day. But uh, that's it for me today. Uh, just those two games. There was a scheduled fixture in the Manx Shield, Castletown and Ramsey due to play at Murick Park. Uh, that was called off uh, early on Friday uh, after it was discovered that uh, Castletown uh, was struggling with numbers of players and uh, Ramsey also have a dose of man flu going through the squad. Uh, they were struggling for numbers as well. So that'll be shunted back and we'll see if we can't get a date for that a little bit later in the season. Dave Christian, thank you very much. Manx Radio Sport. 22 and a half minutes after five o'clock. Let's uh, move on to uh, hockey today then. And Ben Cunningham joins me in the studio. And uh, first of all, Ben, we'll start off in the Men's Cup with uh, Vikings A, Castletown A. And uh, Vikings A coming out on top, 3-1 winners. Yeah, good result there for Vikings A. They, um, yeah, well... Castletown A knew that possibly they could get a result here after Vikings A losing last weekend. Uh, but Vikings back to winning ways this weekend. Alex Andrews with two and Macklin Wilson with one. And then for Castletown, the consolation from Dan Roberts. And uh, out in the uh, West Island at QE2, Valkyries A3, Backers A5. Yeah, big result here. Of course, when these two met in the league, it was a, a stalemate. So uh, it's been a quite a good game by the looks of it. Uh, for Valkyries, it was Chris Cadwell... Lewis Noah Smith and Thomas Titsos. And then for backers, it was Tom Lofen with one, Tony Bentley Roberts with one, and Elliot Reed with a hat trick, which sets up a final now of Vikings A playing backers A. Okay, and in the uh, Ladies' Cup, Valkyries A2, Castletown A4. Yeah, big result here for Castletown. Of course, these two were locked level pegging in the league. So we knew this game was going to be close. And, of course, both these sides were wanting to have a good cup run. Uh, Valkyries will definitely be upset that they've not got through to the finals. But I'm sure they'll be looking at possibly what they could get, which is the league. Uh, for Valkyries, it was Ellen Cleeter with two goals. And then for Castletown, it was Hannah Lees, Helena Allen, Nikki Kane and Evie Watson. And uh, first game of the day going to uh, Flixor Square at full time. Uh, Backers A2, Vikings A2, but Backers A coming out on top 3-2. Yeah, big, big shock here. Um, definitely the uh, the result of the day. Of course, Vikings A, league leaders in Ladies Premier League, uh, beaten last week by Backers, and they've been beaten again this week by Backers on Flix, which has now put Backers through to finals day, where they will now meet Castletown A. So for backers, it was uh, Lucy Cartwright and Rosie Callow. And then for Vikings, it was Sarah Blackman and Kim Carney. Somewhat scuppered your prediction that for the final, didn't it, that game? Yeah, so <laughs> don't ask me for the lottery numbers tonight. <laughs> uh, moving on to the uh, men's plate then, Castletown B4, Vikings C1. Yeah, another prediction I got wrong. So my predictions haven't gone well today, really. <laughs> um, yeah, Elliot Butler with one, Chris Stereopoulos with one, Robbie Vol- uh, Volga with one and Al Ledridge. And then for Vikings, it was Jacob Hardings. And staying in the men's plate, Vikings B3, Ramsey A0. Yep, another prediction wrong. Um, uh, a good result, though, for Vikings uh, overcoming Ramsey, who beat them last week in the league. So, a uh, big turnaround there. Doug, uh, ben Dougal, Josh Knight, and Charlie Bell, which sets up a Castletown v Vikings B uh, final. 
Ladies Plate and uh, another one that went to Flicks. It was Backers B1, Vikings B1, but 2-1 uh, to Vikings after Flicks. Yeah, and I've been asked to give the Vikings keeper, Sarah Presley, a massive shout-out. She saved four out of five wow. Flicks. So, uh, fantastic uh, achievement there under such big pressure because knowing that she was the one that potentially would be the person to get them through to the final. Uh, for Backers, it was uh, Sharon Pope. And for Vikings, it was Morvan Smith. And Castletown at C1, Valkyres B6. Yeah, good result there for Valkyres against Castletown. Uh, Becca Kelly for Castletown. And then for Valkyres, it was uh, Olivia Quayle, uh, Steph Cottier with three, and Emma Miller with two, which sets up a Vikings v Val- Vikings B against Valkyres B uh, final, which I think is going to be a really close game. And then the ladies bowl, Castletown D6, Vikings C0. Yeah, and uh, Sophie Python's definitely had a Weetabix this morning. She got all <laughs> six goals. Uh, so uh, big, big uh, well done there. Um, but, of course, Vikings C, they'll be disappointed they couldn't get a cup run, but I'm sure they'll be just looking to get a good result in the league. And Ramsey B3, Valkyrie C0. Yeah, good result there for Ramsey as well. Um, Abigail Harvey with one, Jan, uh, Jan Butler with one, and Becky Weirman. And that sets up uh, Castletown v Ramsey final. And let's just, before we move on to the Division 2 and the uh, Under-15s League, let's just recap those finals then. So uh, in the Men's Cup uh, final after today's results, we've got... Vikings A against Backers A. And uh, the Ladies' Cup final will be... Castletown A against Backers A. The Men's Plate final. Castletown B against Vikings B. And the Ladies' Plate... Uh, Vikings B against Valkyries B and the Ladies Bowl Castletown D against Ramsey B Great, and moving on to uh, Men's Division 2 Valkyries C3, Backers D3 as well Looks like a fairly uh, evenly matched game Yeah, this was, uh, as I previewed with Rob it was a game of uh, youth against experience Uh, Backers D have got a lot of uh, past experienced players and of course Valkyries have got a lot of youth coming through um, alongside some of their senior players uh, for Valkyries, it was Mark Perryman, uh, Alex Dever- uh, Devereaux, and Johnny Kane. And then for Backers, it was uh, Abby Mc- uh, Maddox, uh, Christian Davis, and Ash uh, Stanford Sykes. And uh, in the under 15s league, we've got all the uh, full times in now. So at uh, Harlequins, four, Castletown Sabres, nil. Yeah, good result. And the report I've had from uh, both uh, ca- uh, managers was it was a really enjoyable uh, game. and. To be honest with you, the last few weeks when we've been looking at the results, me and Rob, we have said this under-15s league has been really good watching because it's just been as good as the senior leagues. Uh, for Harlequins, it was Ruby Crellin with one, uh, Josh Alumbi with one, Caleb Blakemore with one, and Anderson Heaton with one. And Vikings nil, Valkyries 14. Yeah, Valkyries have been scoring plenty of goals and they've got 14 past Vikings today. Um, Tough day at the office for Vikings. Uh, Ryan Thomas with eight goals there today, so uh, good job there. Uh, uh, Caleb Quayle with two, uh, Chloe Thomas with one, Harry Lewis with one and Liam Harrison with two. And the last one, I announced this as 4-0 in the uh, intro and the classified results. You've got it as 5-0 and 5 scorers, so uh, I think we'll definitely go with your one here. Yeah, then, so. I've I've had 5-0 from the backers manager and I have got 5 goal scorers. Um, and that was 5-0 to backers against Ramsey Rogues and Rascals. And it was Ryan Cartwright with 2, uh, Sophie Partington with 1, Cameron Leslie with 1 and Liz uh, Talvin with 1. 
All right, Ben, thank you very much for joining us. No I'll let you go and get that pizza now. Oh, that thank you've you. You've been waiting for. Shh, don't dump me in. <laughs> uh, just approaching half past five, hopefully catch up with the Rob Pritchard team news from the Bowl FC Isle of Man in action uh, this evening against their uh, West Didsbury and Charlton. Of course, looking to uh, bounce back from that 6-1 defeat at the hands of Kendall Town last weekend. But before we do that, uh, let's turn our attention to athletics and high hopes for a big turnout and a memorable occasion for one of the Isle of Man's in-demand running events in a few weeks' time. The Isle of Man Easter Festival of Running is taking place between the 29th and 31st of March in what will be a landmark 60th edition of the meeting and entries are now open. Over the years it's not just attracted some top Manx competitors but it's also popular with teams and runners from off-island and we recently caught up with local athletics correspondent Dave Griffiths to find out what makes the competition as popular as it is. I think it's the fact that the festival has always been organised by athletes for athletes. Um, I think both the current organisation organising team and uh, our predecessors, you know, have, have, have generally been involved in athletics as competitors and kind of understand what makes an enjoyable event for competitors. And I think also the fact that it's friendly and it caters for all standards of athletes. Basically, we've had Olympians, we've had, uh, you know, we've had world championship athletes, but it also caters for newcomers and sort of, you know, almost joggers. I don't mean any disrespect by that, but, you know, we really encourage newcomers as well. So it really caters for everyone. One of the great things about the Easter Festival, really, because it attracts literally hundreds of athletes from off the island. And over the years, it it's mainly been university teams. We, we, we have a, a sort of dispensation in our club rules uh, in that um, educational establishments can enter teams and they tend to be dominated by the university teams who may have, you know, four, five, six, seven, even eight teams uh, at times. And it, it's great that we've already seen big entries from Cambridge and Durham universities. A lot of the uh, the big group entries from the likes of Leeds and Manchester and Edinburgh tend to come in later. But as I sit here today, we've already had 218 entries which is really encouraging and what's what's really good at this stage is that a lot of those are from locals Could you just remind us what the total entry was last year? We had an all-time record entry across the whole weekend I'm not sure what the exact figure was but it was well in the high 500s in terms of athletes who competed at least one of the three races and looking at the entries from when they opened at the beginning of December we've consistently been up on where we were this time last year We also know that some of the big group teams will be bringing people who perhaps haven't been for a few years but are making a special effort this year for the 60th so we know that the legs of Manchester, the likes of Leeds, will be bringing even bigger teams this year, you know, maybe even 60 or 70 in each group. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. Dave Griffiths there uh, looking ahead to the Isle of Man Easter Festival of Running, which will take place from the 29th to the 31st of March this year in their 60th anniversary year and entries for that event are now open. Uh, also taking place this week it was the uh, Isle of Man Sports Awards. They're on at the Villa Marina in on Wednesday night. 14 honours were presented in total on another evening to celebrate the great and the good of Manx sport and from the achievements of athletics to the tiresome work of those behind the scenes that make it all happen. Manx Radio got the chance to speak with all of the winners who were present at the ceremony and among those was rugby union star Bevan Rod who took the coveted Isle of Man Sportsman of the Year title and what's more he and women's elite cyclist Lizzie Holden who took the Sportswoman of the Year prize became the latest inductees into the Isle of Man Sports Hall of Fame. Whilst Holden was unable to attend in person Rod was able to make an appearance to receive his honours and spoke with our sports editor Rob Pritchard about what it meant to him. Yeah huge to be honest uh, obviously the talent in this island is huge and there's massive potential it's crazy to see how much the Isle of Man's 
grown in the last five years and I think the next few years it's scary to think who's going to be next in line and then obviously to be inducted into the Hall of Fame being completely honest I really wasn't expecting it um, I don't feel like I've done enough to do it but obviously I'm, it's been very nice to accept it and it's an honour It's been a fair few years now since your uh, your time at the Booking School going into yeah, the Sales course, Sharks yeah. and now of course England as well yeah. but uh, you're still very highly regarded and highly thought of by a lot of people around here does that mean a lot to you to know that there are people here on the Isle of Man that are still really behind you and really supporting you and what you do yeah of course yeah obviously there's not there's not a Manx team so it's hard not to represent the Isle of Man but it's an honour coming back here and seeing the love from everyone and yeah I really enjoy my time here I just <laughs> simply can't get back because obviously my schedule with Sale and, and England but due to my injury now and I'm able to come back and go back to my old school give back to what they did to me so which has been really nice and of course over the last 12 months the 2023 Rugby World Cup how big an experience was that? That was huge yeah and as, as I said in there it's it's a dream come true literally a dream come true I, I remember watching it when I was seven years old, 2007 World Cup and losing South Africa in the final. Sadly, we lost South Africa again, 23. And then, yeah, that was heart-wrenching. But no, honestly, to play in the World Cup is a dream of mine and it's just incredible now it's come true. And at club level, of course, you signed a contract extension with Sales Sharks. So what's next for you at club level? What are your ambitions? Uh, win, as, win as much as I can with Sale. Individual awards are nice, but at the end of the day, I'm in a team game and team awards are the main thing. And just finally, looking forward as well, you heard a couple of names mentioned in Alaban Rugby that are coming through the ranks as well. A couple of those within the Sale Sharks setup. You look at someone like Patrice Bell in the Ireland under-20s setup. You've got someone like Archie Callaghan who made his Scotland under-20s debut not too long ago. How proud does it make you feel to see the next generation coming through and maybe following in your footsteps yeah, as well? Yeah, I don't think people follow my footsteps. I think it's they just... So I don't think people follow my footsteps. I think it's they just... They start their own journey and... If I can show there's a way there, then please, please do tick it. And if they want help ever, they're more than welcome to get in touch if they want. And with Patrice and Harry Thompson at Sale as well, they're great athletes, great rugby players. And I'm more I'm convinced you'll see them here at some point because they're very talented people. Bevan Rod there speaking to Manx Radio Sports Editor Rob Pritchard at the Isle of Man Sports Awards on Wednesday evening. Join me, Chris Kinley, next Monday, the 4th of March, for a brand new Hey Bud Old competition. Used to do it on the morning show many, many moons ago. It sees the triumphant return of double gold to the Manx Radio Airwaves. It's two classic years. It's ten classic tracks with news and information from those years to help you along a little bit. It's all with our friends at the Ocean Views, and it all starts Monday, the 4th of March, on Manx Radio, here on Greatest Hits Live. Manx Radio's Double Gold. Manx Radio. Journey to a Dream, the podcast that takes you behind the handlebars of motorcycle racing's ultimate challenge, Roads on the Isle of Man. I didn't realise normal people could race motorbikes. I thought it was something on TV or for superheroes. From the thrill of the speed to the allure of the island's mystique, join me, Beth Espy, as we unravel the passion that drives these riders to push the limits. Childhood dream, you know, it's something I've always wanted from since being a kid. Journey to a Dream, available now at manxradio.com or your usual podcast provider Manx Radio Sport 
23 minutes away from 6 o'clock here. It's uh, Max Radio Saturday Sport Classified. Simon Kwan with you through until 6 o'clock this evening. And uh, we'll turn our attention to cycling now. New plans have been revealed for a significant shake-up of competitive cycling events across the island over the coming months. It sees the formation of what will be known as the proper Manx Spring Series, which will combine elements of the Bike Style Derby Series and Canada Life 10 League to offer a mix of both road racing and time trial events that revamped format is the work of Manx Viking Wheelers Cycle Club in conjunction with the Isle of Man Cycling Association. Niall Quiggan is the director and treasurer of Manx Viking Wheelers Cycle Club and explains why it felt like such a drastic change to the calendar was necessary this year. So in the past we've had the Jerby series which has basically been around either closed roads up near Jerby and the track and that's been like crit races and then also organised has been the 10 league which has been time trials on a weekly basis throughout the spring and summer. In the past few years we've seen the attendances drop to both these events slowly and we just thought about what we can do to basically invigorate the two series and perhaps make it more accessible and open to more riders so what we've done in agreement with the Isle of Man Cycling Association is basically join the two series together to make one overall league which hopefully will simplify the process for newer riders but also give a new challenge for some of our more experienced guys like anything the, the sport is getting more and more expensive and more and more specialized and in that specifically the time trials in the past have been very focused on it's been almost an arms race on who has the best equipment time trial bikes helmets just optimizing everything to the max so when uh, newer riders come along and they see someone riding a ten thousand pound time trial bike it can put some people off so this series is focused on people just on their road bikes so why you can do our time trial events on a tt bike where for league purposes it's all about riding your road bike and pulling what you got out of the garage and just having a go i think success would be seeing some new faces turn up that perhaps haven't had a go in previous years people that have had a go at time, the time trials but not had a go at the crit races or road races and vice versa because all we're trying to do is make it more inclusive and more open to everyone if anyone that comes along to our events come and say hi to any of our committee members and they'll talk you through exactly what to expect what to do outside of the series in terms of group rides and basically trying to grow the community as a well. whole Niall Quiggan, the director and treasurer of Manx Viking Wheelers Cycle Club, explaining uh, those changes in competitive cycling events across the island. Uh, right, uh, 20 minutes away from kickoff at the bowl, FC Isle of Man taking on West Didsbury and Charlton in Northwest Counties Football League Premier Division this weekend and looking to bounce back from uh, that 6-1 defeat away to Kendall Town last weekend. Full commentary coming after 6 o'clock from uh, Rob Pritchard and Sam Palmer and we can go down to Rob now at the bowl and uh, find out team news this evening. Hi Rob, how are you very well Simon uh, faster my good evening yes welcome to the bowl as FC Isle of Man after uh, a tough couple of defeats in their last two outings return to the bowl this evening in NWCFL Premier Division action against West Didsbury and Charlton a fixture that has produced huge entertainment over the last couple of seasons we can bring you the team news for both sides right now so for FC Isle of Man in goal is number one Adam Killier then it's number two Callum Sherry number three Connor Birch number four Philip Kelly Number five, Alex Maitland. Number 
six, Carl Watson. Number seven, Daniel Gerrard. Number eight, Tiernan Garvey. Number nine, and the captain, Sean Doyle. Number 10, Daniel Hattersley. And number 11 is Charlie Higgins. The substitutes for FCL of men. Number 12, Frank Jones. Number 14, Furo Davies. Number 15, Steve Whitley. Number 16, Owen Sherrod. And number 17 is Jacob Crook. And for the visitors, West Didsbury and Shorten. In goal is number one, Alexander Hughes. Number two, and the captain is Matthew Cook. Number three, Thomas Westall. Number four, Astley Mulholland. Number five, Connor Hancock. Number six, Matthew Smith. Number seven, Billy Matthews. Number eight, Rain Davis. Number nine, Benjamin Elliott. Number 10, Lee Grimshaw. And number 11 is Lewis Billingsley. And the substitutes for West Didsbury and Chorlton. Number 12, Oliver Ford. Number 14, Tyrese Beaumont. Number 15, Callum Graham. Number 16, Ezekiel M.A. And number 17 is Kieran Malloy. Your referee this evening is James Birch Ford. And his assistants are Adam Stretch and Daniel Manning. Well, going into this particular game, FC Man, their manager Paul Jones has been calling for a positive response this week to that hammering that they sustained at the hands of Kendall Town over in Cumbria seven days ago. But they come up against the West Didsbury and Chorlton side who not only have an identical, almost identical record, I should say, in the last six games, then... West Didsbury and Chorlton themselves have also been uh, struggling for game time themselves. Four of their last five games have in fact been postponed leading up to this. Uh, their latest game was in midweek, a 1-1 draw at home to high-flying Presswich Hayes. But before then, you have to go all the way back to the 6th of February for the last time West Didsbury kicked the ball before that particular matchup. So West Didsbury and Chorlton looking to maybe just find a little bit of match sharpness as well coming into this one with both teams as a whole just looking to find a little bit more momentum after their last couple of results to maybe just push them a little further up the table. For FC Isle of Man's perspective, a win tonight could put them as many as three places higher up to 11th in the table, depending on results elsewhere. It's a game that has invoked uh, huge memories from uh, FC Isle of Man supporters' perspective over time in the inaugural season, the last-minute winning header in the 94th minute from Sean Dahl here back in the 21-22 season, and that incredible overhead kick from Luke Murray last season over at Brookburn Road. That being said, though, West Didsbury do have the slightly better record on the head-to-head. -head. They've won three of the five meetings between the sides so far. FC Isle of Man managing just a win out of those five and the other a draw in the last time these two met at the bowl during the last campaign. So all set up for two teams looking to use this as a bit of a platform maybe to go on to bigger and better things. From FC Isle of Man's perspective certainly they'll be looking to try and put those demons of last weekend far behind them with a result this evening. Traditionally as well, Rob, uh, the games between these two teams at the bowl, fairly high scoring, hoping to see some uh, goals down there tonight at the bowl. Uh, what the, uh, what's the crowd looking like down there? It's obviously a fairly decent evening across the Isle of Man. It is a decent evening when you consider the uh, sight that greeted us this morning weather-wise uh, when we were looking at the uh, fixtures over on Saturday Live with Paul Moran earlier and uh, the rain, of course, just absolutely decimated the fixtures in the Isle of Man leagues earlier today, didn't it? But it's certainly got a lot fairer this evening and I must say, since the sun gone in, it has just got that little bit colder as well. But yeah, these two teams, if we're looking at the two fixtures at the ball between the two sides so far, they've produced 15 goals to date as well. So uh, I'm sure from a neutral perspective, uh, many will be hoping maybe we could get another Goldfest today. All right, Rob, thank you very much. I'll uh, let you go and get in uh, situ uh, commentary uh, getting underway in about 10 minutes' time here on uh, Manx Radio AM 1360 and Manx Radio Digital on DAB as well. And uh, Sam Palmer joining Rob this evening for full commentary. Uh, in the meantime, though, before we head down to the bowl for uh, full in match commentary, I will hand you back to uh, Manx Radio's FM service and Christy Dehaven uh, with the Saturday Live Lounge. 